Welcome to another episode of Culinary School Stories, the bi-weekly podcast that is dedicated to sharing the stories of people around the globe whose lives have been influenced, impacted, touched, and or enriched, for good or for bad, from their culinary school experience. Hi, my name is Colin Roach and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. You are an important part of this show where we ask the question, what's your culinary school story? So now, without any further delay, let's meet today's guest. So my guest today is Luis Young. Luis, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show today, and I want to start right out by saying welcome, and thank you for joining us and sharing your culinary school story. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Uh, let's start right out with our first question. Um, you went to uh, to Johnson & Wales University in the North Miami campus. Why did you want to go to culinary school in the first place? And, you know, did you look at other culinary schools first? And kind of tell us how that all materialized. Well, I, I did. Um, I started culinary school in, in Panama, but it was not really what I wanted or where I wanted to be. So at that point, I started like doing my research. Uh, I looked into uh, Le Cordon Bleu. I, I looked into CIA and then Johnson & Wales. And I decided to go to the campus in Miami just because it was close to Panama. It's like a two and a half hours from Panama. Great. And let's go back to that first day when you got on campus. <laughs> what was going through your mind? Uh, you know, I'm obviously you're probably apprehensive, maybe nervous, excited. What were you thinking? What is? What do you wish you knew before you got there or after the fact? Or, you know, tell us kind of like that first day what was what was happening well i was super excited it was like a kind of like a dream come true but at the same time i'm not gonna lie i was like super nervous um i mean in panama you you learn english but you don't use it every day um and, and i feel like the day that i arrived on campus it was like you know like you're here go you know like figure things <laughs> um so it was a little uncomfortable at the beginning but um i see the value in that and, and everybody was so helpful that i think I, I got a little list of like things that i needed to check or do um and they just point me in the right direction uh, after that day it was just it was easy and you got your uniforms and uh, got fitted and books and knife kits everything um that was part of the checklist it's like you know go to go here to academic services, go to financial services, then, you know, go, go pick up your uniform, get your knife kit, which, I mean, it's probably like the first day is the most exciting thing when you get your uniform and your knife kit. <laughs> so they had like a roadmap for you and you just hit different stations and got it all set up. Yep. Great. What advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue culinary school? They wanted to go to culinary school and they asked you about it. Like, what was it like? Or what should I know? What would you tell them? Well, first of all, like do your research. I think that there are so many options right now. Uh, I guess it depends on what you ultimately. What's your goal, right? If if you want to go more into like the the restaurant management aspect, you know, like uh, target your 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 school towards that. If you want to be more in the in the culinary, more like the chef, you you know, you want to be in the kitchen, then you take that into consideration as well. Um, that's the first thing, like do your research. And then once you're in school, take advantage of like every single extracurricular activities. Great. Yeah. You know, like for, for me, um, competition was, was the thing. Like I, when I started, it was just doing the classes and then I volunteered to pretty much every single, like, you know, help out for the open house or, or this other event, but, uh, doing competition, I think was probably one of the most valuable experiences that I got from going to culinary school. What are some of the competitions you did participate in while you were at school? 
I did DECA for like three years. Okay. Um, I did the San Pellegrino, the almost famous, and then the ICC, which was like the Johnson and Wales, like the several campuses. How did you do in those competitions? DECA, we that was team competition, and we won first place for the three years that we competed. Oh, great! Um, San Pellegrino, um, I did very well. I won that one as well, and then ICC, that one we didn't do so well. <laughs> Uh, we still placed. I think we got like bronze medal, but um, we didn't win that one. We didn't get first place. Now, that San Pellegrino one was an individual contest. And I think if I remember correctly, it starts local and regional and states. I mean, maybe you could share with the listeners a little bit more about that competition, what you took away from it. Well, that was an interesting um, competition because I remember there, there were supposed to be two contestants from Johnson and Wales uh, to go to the regional. And then once you go win the regional, you go into like the, the final. And a week before the regional, I got selected to go to the, the, the competition. And I was extremely nervous. But I think that like helped me uh, work harder than, than anybody else, you know. Um, and, and what I gain from all of that, it's like making you uncomfortable, getting out of your comfort zone. It's probably one of the best things that you can do for yourself. You know, most of the time we don't learn anything when we're comfortable, when, you know, like everything's, uh, the status quo, everything's nice and everything's, uh, the way it has been for a long time. You, you probably don't grow as much. Um, when you force yourself to be in a situation where you're, you're probably uncomfortable it's probably challenging. Uh, that's when you really grow. And so you were growing during that competition because you were. Oh, ab- absolutely, absolutely. And and how far did you go? Did you win the whole thing? Um, yes, I did. We we went to the regional. I think it was it was in West Palm Beach. Um, uh, I won the regional. Then I think we had like a month to prepare for the final. And then whoever won like the individual uh, regions, you were supposed to meet in Napa at the CIA in Greystone for the final. And then the competition was basically two days. The first day was a mystery basket uh, portion of the competition. And then the next day you you basically had to do the signature dish um, that you used during the regional and then make 200 portions, like tasting portions in about like four hours. And you were competing against winners from other regions? Yeah, from different regions. I, I don't remember all the regions, but it was like, 10 or 12 uh, regions. And those included like a contestant from Italy, one from Canada, and I think one from Mexico as well. Wow. So really international. Yep. Well, that was great. And what you won at all. What, what did you, what did you get? Did you, what did they give you? Did they give you a cash prize or a trophy or what was the result? <laughs> all of the above. I, I think that uh, there were several uh, like categories. Uh, one was the mystery basket portion of it, um, then the signature dish portion of it, and then the overall like sample, the title of San Pellegrino, almost famous chef. I won the the signature dish portion of it, and then the overall competition, the almost famous chef. And part of the of winning that was there were several things. There were cash prize. I, I think I got like thirteen to fourteen thousand um, dollars. Wowza! Uh, they also gave you like a set of all clads. And I got the opportunity to to participate in the South Beach Food and Wine. Uh, I got the opportunity to go to the uh, James Beards and Cooks over there. Ah, great! So it was it was a great experience. So not only what you got at 
culinary school as part of your curriculum and your classes, academic, but you were also participating in a lot of extracurricular activities. And it Absolutely. appears it opened up some great doors for you and great experience. Absolutely. And, and it also allows you to like have that like one-on-one um, time with your chef's instructors. Sometimes you're in class and there's 18, 20 people in the class and you don't really have the time to like ask the questions that you really want to ask. Um, because, I mean, you're so busy during class um, that when you're actually just practicing for competition, it's usually, you know, one-on-one. You have the time to actually, like, ask the things that you want to know, whether it's, like, you know, something technical or, or it's, like, advice. You know, like, where should I go with my career? What's the best uh, path to follow? So, at what age did you know or think you wanted to become a chef or get into this culinary field? I think it was 12. I was 12. Um before that, I, I wanted to be a doctor because um, since I was three years old, I had a, I was diagnosed with a kidney disease. Um, and then at one point, I think at around 12, uh, 13, I was, my like immune system was kind of like depressed. So I was um, supposed to be at home during the, during the summer. Uh-huh. Um, and then all I did was watch cooking shows that that's, I mean, I, I, I really love to eat. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to learn how to cook my, for myself because uh, part of the, the diet that I was in, it was, you know, no liquids, a lot of restrictions, uh, no salt. So I said, you know what, I'm going to watch all these cooking shows and I'm going to learn so that I can cook for myself. Uh, and that's how it started. And then, um, I took the, the opportunities to like, when, when it was summertime from uh, high school, I would volunteer to go work in, in a restaurant in Panama and work for the three months and learn. And uh, suddenly something that started just like, you know, like as a hobby, or I, I wanted to just learn how to cook for myself. Um, I saw it as a, as an opportunity to, um, to help others as well. Oh, that's great. I realized that you don't, you don't, you don't need to be a doctor to help others. You know, there are other ways to help. Yeah. Food is medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Were there times uh, in which you wished to choose a different career or did you, you know, question what you what, going into this field or were you like, yes, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I think that briefly, um, there were points in my life where I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, and it's again, those, those moments where you like, you, you go through difficult times. I think that the first time that I experienced working in a three Michelin star restaurant and you're not used to that. I was working 16 to 18 hours a day, um, sleeping on a basement in the restaurant and getting the, 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 the amount of pressure that you get from the chefs at, at those restaurants. It was, it was hard. I was, I think it was, um, 18 years old and I, I've never left Panama and certainly I'm, I'm in Spain uh, working in this place and it was hard. And I was like, what am I, what am I doing? I was um, reconsidering everything. But the thing is like, you go through that one day and you feel like maybe this is not for me, but you wake up the next day full of energy and, 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 and passion and the commitment to do it again. And then you get beat down again one day, but the next day you wake up and you say, well, you know what, let's, let's keep pushing. Let's keep trying. That was one point. And then another point was uh, when I was in Chicago and I went through a similar experience working in a Michelin restaurant. I would wake up at five, take a bus, you know, then get to the restaurant by 536. Uh, and then I wouldn't leave until 9, 839. So I never really saw sunlight for the amount of time that I was there. So it was hard. And at that point, I was like, maybe, maybe this is not for me. So I moved into working in front of the house, which um, it was valuable. I, I, I always recommend that to everybody, all my cooks right now. Like, you know, if you have the experience uh, or the opportunity, like just do it once, do it once, work in front of the house. But when I was working in front of the house, I realized that it was not 
as engaging as I wanted it to be. I miss the, the, the rush of the kitchen. I'm, after that point, it's like I never look back, even though you know, there are days that are hard or, or difficult or challenging. I never think like, you know what, I, I should be doing something else. Um, I'm definitely uh, uh, where I want to be. So it was just the certain parts of the industry or certain categories that may have been more challenging? Yeah, I feel like one, it's the, the shock of like working X amount of hours at the beginning, right? We have this idea sometimes that eight hour job, like it, it, it's not like that. <laughs> it's not like that. Um, that's, I think that like first shock, then you get used to it and you're like, okay, but then uh, something else, maybe like when you, when you realize that um, you're working when everybody else is off, that probably for the past 10 years, I haven't celebrated my birthday. I've been always working or that um, for the past 10 years, I've been working on Christmas day. Um, sometimes you, you think about it, like, you know, what, what am I doing? You know, like life is about balance. It's about like, you know, enjoying your, your, your job. And, and, but at the same time, spending time with, with your family and the people that you, that you love. Um, but then I realized that, you know, it, this is what I do. This is what I love. This is a big part of who I am. And it doesn't mean that I, I don't get the chance to, um, to spend time with family. It's just, it's just maybe not the same day, but the next day, like I can, I can make it work. Sure. Um, did you find front of, you went to the front of the house. Did you find it cause it was easier or easier, um, less demanding or was it easier because of hours and less hours or less stress or how was, how was that compared front and back of the house? I think that the hours were definitely better. Um, Pay was better too. Oh, because you're working for you're working for tips. Exactly, exactly. Especially if you're a cook, compared to like somebody that works around the house, the pay was better. Um, I wouldn't say that it was easier. It was different. Um, especially somebody like me, like I'm, I'm by nature like an introvert. So it was challenging for me to like go to a, a table of twelve and like <laughs> sure. introduce myself and 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 talk to them. Um, that's one part. And then it's like in the kitchen, we always were behind doors, right? So we don't really interact that uh, much with the guests uh sometimes it's 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 challenging when you have guests that are upset or that they don't like something as a chef most of the time you don't we don't face that it's the the server who who has to like take care of that they have to be the liaison between the front and the back you know the customer in the back of the yep. house and solve those problems that's correct now you were telling us about those restaurants. Explain a little bit more, especially for the listeners, where you work. Some of those places are very well known, and how you got those positions, and what it was like. You already gave us a little taste that it, it's hard. You're sleeping in the basement. You're working all those hours. You know, how, but how was it working with these these famous chefs? Um, for me, it started. Um, I think it was eight, eighteen, and I went to Spain to uh, this restaurant called Martin de la Sade, three Michelin star. And it was, it was, as I said, like very challenging experience, but probably because it was just the first experience that I had. After that, I had the opportunity to work at Alinea and it got a little bit easier just because I was used to it by then. It's just like getting used to working at a, at high standards, you know, like there's, there's no room for like, you know, being uh, mediocre or, or like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to let it fly this time and tomorrow will be better. No, like it's gotta be, <laughs> it's gotta be a hundred percent all the time. Um, that was a great experience. I learned so much from that. Um, it was I think it was one of the best like learning experiences because I was at a point, uh, I think it was 2008 when I was at Alinea and where like all of this was new, all of this like progressive cuisine was, was starting um, in the US. So 
it was definitely interesting. Then after that, I, I started school. I started Johnson & Wales. Once I finished school, um, I got the opportunity to work in Chicago for a couple of years. I did front of the house uh, while I was uh, there. Uh, I worked at Spiaggia for a few months. And then I went back to Miami. And at that point, I, I decided that I wanted to uh, get my master's degree. So I traveled back to Spain. I went to the um, Basque Culinary Center. And I, I, I got my master's there. And part of the, the curriculum there, your last few months, you had to go to a restaurant and work. So I got the opportunity to work at uh, El Seyer de Can Roca. I think it was like number one restaurant that year. And again, that was, that was like a life-changing experience uh, because it was not only about like food and, 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 and service and the quality of the ingredients. Uh, at that place, I learned about like how important it is to like build a culture in a kitchen, how important it is to have a philosophy that like your team, like it's fully behind it, how, how to keep them like motivated. Because some other places, like you're, you're just working. And it's, it's, that's why there's, I, at least that's how I feel. I feel like there's such a high turnover. You know, you get, you work for six months to a year, you get burned out and you, you move on. And I feel like at the, at Can Roca, it was different. Even though it was hard, the, the, the hours were the same, 16 hours a day. But there was like more a humane side to it. They make sure that we had breakfast every day. They made sure that we had lunch every day. They made sure that we had dinner every day. They made sure that we had a little break in the middle of service. They made sure that, you know, days that we were not busy, they would take the whole team. And, you know, today we're going to talk about like hydrocolites and we're going to teach you about that. Or we're going to teach you about like, you know, uh, foraging or, or, or these microgreens. So it was about like the philosophy and, 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 and creating that culture in the kitchen. So that was, uh, Definitely one of the best uh, experience, and I always recommend if you have the opportunity to like travel, go go to a place like that. And then after that, um, something that I thought that that it would never happen was the French Laundry, because I since I was in Johnson and Wales, I was always applying to do a stash. Um, and at one point, I think I got accepted to do a stash. Um, and then for for that summer, I went to Germany to do a study abroad. And then on the on the way back, I got an email saying that the, the stash program had been canceled. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I was like, well, I, I think that, you know, the opportunity to, to be at the French Laundry, it's gone. And then a few years later, uh, I apply and, and I got to work there. And that was another great experience. It's uh, It was almost like a school. It's like an institution, you know, like you, you get there. It's It's not about like forget about everything you know. Not because there's no value, but because we want to teach you how to fine tune those things that you've learned before. And again, it, it was it was about like the culture. There is, you know, in a place like the French Laundry, it's like you you want to be better because you know that you're surrounded by like the best of the best. So there, there's there's a, there's a sense of like a friendly competition, or more than a competition, I would say that it's like collaboration. Huh. And they're from all over. The cooks, they're all from different schools and different, you know, they're all dying to get in there, right? It must be a waiting list. And Yeah. I, when I was there, there were people from like Sweden. There were people from uh, from Mexico, from Venezuela, uh, from all over the U.S. And, and again, there's there was pretty much like a long list of people waiting to get in there. 
and you say competition, is it like, oh, where'd you go to school? What'd you learn? Did you learn it this way? And, you know, kind of rivalry a little bit? Um, a little bit. I mean, I remember, like, and again, this is funny because my first day, they asked me to do something. And, and I think it was a simple task, like maybe juicing like carrots. And and, and one of the, the cooks, it's like, he gets close to me. And he's like, where did you go to school? I was like, oh, Johnson and Wilson. He's like, oh, no wonder. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> What is that even supposed to mean, you know? Um, but again, I mean, after that, we, we were great friends. But there's, yeah, a little bit of, uh, like, friendly competition, I would say, because uh, most of the cooks uh, that were there were from the CIA. Uh, but you had a couple of students from Johnson & Wales. Actually, one of the sous chefs was from Johnson & Wales. And how was it working with uh, Thomas Keller? Did you interact with him much in the kitchen? Or Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's amazing to see, like, how important for Thomas Keller it is to, like, acknowledge and 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 say hi to all his cooks you would think that you know at that level like yeah you you never see him he was every single weekend he was there the minute he got into the kitchen he made sure that he said hi to every single person in the kitchen wow not only the cooks but like every single um, steward um, every single person in the front of the house and when he uh left for the day it was the same he made sure that she, uh, he said goodbye to everyone and you could see that culture throughout the whole like team, you know, it was with, it's something that it's kind of like contagious. So every time it, it doesn't matter if you're a commie or if you're the chef de cuisine at the French Laundry, once you get there, you know, you say hi to everybody. Where did you stay out there? Do they have uh, living arrangements for the employees or you have to on your own? Well, I think that when, when they, they talk to you about the opportunity of like starting at the French Laundry, um, they send you a list of places uh, that are renting like rooms or stuff like that. And I think that at that point they were, they had like a couple of rooms available that were close by. Um, so definitely they help you. You weren't in the basement like that other restaurant. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, luckily at that point, like I had um, a friend that was in Napa. So I just stayed there. If someone wanted to go to one of these, you know, Michelin star top restaurants, how, what advice would you give them? How would you guide them? Or what, what best should they do if they wanted to, to, to follow in that, in that route? Be persistent. Be persistent. Uh, it's been different uh, in, in every single restaurant for me, like Alinea, um, which is a funny story because my dad told me like, or he asked me like, what do you want to do? Like, what's your goal? And I was like, well, I want to work at the French Laundry or I want to work at Alinea. You know, those are like the best restaurants in the in the US. And he's like, well, you have to be a little realistic, you know, like <laughs> those are the, the best places. Uh, why do you think they're going to, and that like upset me so much because he's like, what are you talking about? Like, why not? So that day, like I sent an email to Alinea, like, you know, like I'm sure that if this is something that I want, like I, I can make it happen. So I send an email and then the next day they said, you know what, like when, when can you start? So in that case, it was easy. It was just like one email and boom, the, the next day I got it. But in the case of the French Laundry, it took me years. I'm talking about like five years of like every single year I would send emails every three months. I would call. Um, so definitely be persistent. One thing also that it works is like if you're in a great city that has a lot of good restaurants, just show up, show up to the to the restaurant, knock on the on the door and say, hey, you know, like I'm eager to learn. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll you know, wash dishes, that's, that's going to get you in. Once you're in, you're, you're pretty much set, you know, like once you're there, just even if you're washing or dishes or something like that, start looking around, start learning by, you know, just by watching, observing. And you're there, you're right in front of them. So if they need somebody or they see that you're working hard, they, you know, it's easy to pick from someone that's right here in front of them than to try to recruit. Exactly. Somebody. Absolutely. 
Now, when these places have such a waiting list to get in, they know everybody wants to work there. Obviously, it opens up the door to take advantage of these, these you know, commies, these culinarians that are coming in there. Do they, do they, I guess it's different other properties, but can you speak to that a little bit? I mean, I guess the pay would be low. Do they just, you know, abuse you? Do they keep you there all kinds of hours? <laughs> or are they just like, no, they're really trying to treat you like an employee and that hopefully you're going to stay for a long time? Or is it just get what you can and get it on your resume and get out. Um, I think that nowadays it's, it's different. Like I don't think anybody's, it's just hard for restaurants to like <laughs> abuse somebody, you know, in the sense of like, Oh, you want to work X amount of hours. And um, I think it's getting harder to do that. Um, and at the same time, I, I, I feel like it depends on how you look at it. If you look at it from the perspective that, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working 18 hours. I'm not getting paid. This, this is abuse. You know, that victim mentality. Yes. I understand, but at the same time, it's like, see what you can learn from that. You know, like, what are you gaining from that? If you think that you're working 18 hours, don't, don't see it as, you know, like uh, I'm getting abused. See it as like, you know what? They're teaching me or I'm learning how to like work hard. Where else am I going to get the opportunity to, to, you know, first hand see, you know, black truffles, work with foie, see caviar, taste all these great ingredients. So if you look at it from that perspective, I think that it's it makes it easier right um that being said like i don't it's definitely hard there's there's always like a a little um period especially your first probably your first month that everybody's like they want to see what you're made of so they're going to push you definitely they're going to push you um but once that's passed it's like you're you're part of the team and they're going to teach you as much as they possibly can it, I, I think that at the end of the day like it all depends on your perspective and what you want to do if you go there and you're like you know feel entitled that you know or you after two weeks, I'm like, I'm not learning anything. I've been, you know, scrubbing potatoes for two weeks and I'm going to leave. Like, okay, then that's what you learn. But if you push through and you see like, you know what, I'm peeling potatoes, but I'm peeling potatoes at the best restaurant, you know, that I can be in. And at the same time, you're looking and asking questions. They're going to notice that. And once they notice that, guess it won't be long until they ask you to like, you know, move into the next uh, station. Is there a lot of turnover? Is there openings coming up all the time that you could move into? Uh, yes, I, I feel like a lot of people that work in this kind of restaurant, just because of the level of like um, intensity that you're in, you do it for, for a year and then you move on. Awesome. What's one common myth about the profession or about culinary school or about the kitchen that you want to debunk, that it's not true, but people always ask you, oh, this is what people think. And you're like, no, uh, this is not true. And this is why. I, I think a couple of things. One, that <laughs> going to culinary school is going to make you a celebrity chef. That's just, <laughs> uh, it, it's not so simple. Um, that's one. And then the other one, it's like that we, <laughs> we eat great food all the time. <laughs> Or, or that we cook a lot of like, you know, fancy meals at home. That's definitely not the case. Sometimes we just want someone to cook for us, right? That's all we want. Absol absolutely. It's like you, you get out of work and all you want is, you know, like a greasy burger and, and fries. You know, it's like, what? Like, I, I thought that you would, you know, be eating like, you know, steaks and wine like all the time. Like, no, no that's that's not how it works. <laughs> we're, the, we're the employees. We're not the guests. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to culinary school and tell about when you were there. What was your best class and why? And what was like your worst class? Or it could have been better or that, you know, wasn't really what you wanted or you weren't interested, you know, maybe share that perspective with the listeners. That's a hard question for me because uh, I, I really enjoy my time at, at, at the school. So I, 
I don't think I have like an, a class that I didn't really like, um, especially like if we're talking about only culinary. I think that some of the academics were, I, I thought that, yeah, maybe this is a little boring. Um, favorite class, I think that the front of the house classes, the dining room classes, just because it was so new to me. When I started Johnson & Wales, uh, I already had a little bit of experience in the kitchen. So I, I knew a couple of things, but front of the house, I had no idea. I had no idea about wine. I had no idea about like uh, how to uh, talk to guests, You know, how, all the things that you need to consider. So it was very interesting because like every single class, you know, it's like, okay, you're like a sponge ready to like absorb all this knowledge. And then other classes that were fun, um, stock sauces and soups was fun. My first class, uh, it was traditional European cuisine. That one was a fun class as well. And then French, classical French cuisine. Great. Who are the three people who have been the most influenced to you? It could be Korea personal, alive, they could have passed on, but three people most influential to you? I think that professional, um, it, it would have to be like uh, Thomas Keller. I, I think that, you know, like he's influenced, you know, so many great chefs. And, and I think that everybody that's starting in this career, it's like, that's that's like the Mecca, the French laundry is the Mecca, right? Um, the, the fact that I got the opportunity to like live that and experience that, uh, and see like the philosophy and the culture that he he creates like that that changed uh, that changed me changed how I what, how I talk to my cooks uh, the way I see ingredients um, the way I create dishes that's definitely one uh, I think that the the experience at Can Roca was another one seeing like the 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 three brothers and and how they they have this culture that it's like. It's a restaurant that performs at a high level, but at the same time, it's like, it feels like a family. Um, so that definitely changed or made it possible because at that point I was like, you know, it's, it's separate things. You have work and you have family and they, they made it seem like, you know what, like you can work and at the same time you can have family life, you know? And then a, a, a third person would be probably um, my my family in, in the sense of like my my grandfather and my mom. They've um, even though it's not culinary related, like they I've seen them like always um, that sense of like you know there's no substitute for hard work. You know that keep pushing uh, the the idea of like you don't you don't learn necessarily in in the moments where you're like comfortable. You know it, it is okay. And it's actually encouraged to like um, get out of the comfort zone every once in a while. That's going to allow you to grow. What what profession was your grandfather and your father in? My grandfather he's uh, uh, he's an engineer. Uh, my father he's is, uh, he's an entrepreneur. He owns a couple of businesses in Panama, uh, and my mom is an architect. And again, I, I've completely different uh, backgrounds, but the 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 message was pretty much the same. And when you first went into culinary and you told them, were they supportive behind it or were they like what what are you doing <laughs> um well they uh they were like are you sure um because uh, when i was in panama i was showing like a couple of attitudes towards politics I, I i kind of like politics and i got involved with with everything that was around politics uh when i was in high school um so they were like mm, are you sure like this is really what you want to do uh, and I think that's why my dad told me when, when he asked me, like, you know, like, what is it that you want to do? Where do you want to work? You know, and, and, and 
and trying to tell me like, you know, like these are the best restaurants, like where be a little bit more realistic. Um, but at the end of the day, like they always supported me, even though at one point, maybe they thought like, you know, maybe, maybe there's, you know, like keep other options, you know, explore other options, but they always supported me. Um, and then once they saw that I was serious about it, it was, it was fine. It was like, you know what, um, do what you have to do. We're going to support you. Um, we're going to help you. And to this day, like I think they're, I, I had them here at the restaurant at least once or twice a year. Now that must be special when they come as your guest and you get to cook for them or serve them and they get to see you in your element. That must be, make them really proud. Absolutely. It's, it's one of the, the best experience that as a chef that you can have. What's next for you? What's, what's, what's your plan? What are you going to, going to end up in Panama, open your own place? Are you going to keep continuing on this path? What's your next goal? What's your next accomplishment? At this point, I don't think I, I would go back to Panama. Um, I, th- I feel like I've, I've lived in the U.S. For the, for the past 10 years. I'm used to it uh, by now. I, I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to keep in, working in the kitchen for a few more years. I don't know that I want to be putting turkeys in the oven when I'm 60. <laughs> um but I'm going to be in the kitchen for, for the next few years, maybe doing something, um, owning my own restaurant or, um, or maybe working in, in a restaurant at, at the hotel or a hotel like I'm doing right now. And you're in Colorado at this at, at, right now? Yes, I'm in Colorado Springs right now. Maybe maybe teaching could be an option. I've always um, thought about that. And, and it was funny because I was in Panama for like two years. And then when I came back to the States three years ago, I was like, either I go and keep working or I go into teaching. And then I decided ultimately to keep keep working because I, I said, you know what, if gaining more experience in the kitchen, it's going to allow me in the future to teach with, with a different perspective, give them a little bit more um, weight behind what the words that I'm, you know, telling them and, and, and actually like, you know, talking from, you know, this actually happened to me as opposed to like, you know, I've heard this or, you know, reading it from a book, but yeah, that's something that I always think about like teaching, um, I would, I would really like to do that. Oh, great. And you mentioned um, the American Culinary Federation, ACF. You were in some of their competitions and stuff. And what do you think about certification, professional organizations, apprenticeship for that matter? Um, I think there's value to that. Um, now I see it. I, I think that at one point I was like, ah, oh, you know, just working in a restaurant, it's, that's all you, you know, just keep working, keep working. Um, but it, it offers you an opportunity, one, to connect with your peers, you know, uh, create a network, which is uh, very important. And at the same time, it's like, once you've reached a certain level, it's like, okay, what do I do next? You know, like, and I think that an organization like ACF and doing certifications allows, allows you to like, you know, have a goal and, and, and keep pushing. Right now I'm working on um, getting my CEC. I, um, at the beginning of the year, I passed my, the reading portion of it and I'm planning on scheduling my practical. And that's like, you know, now this is my next goal and it keeps you uh, moving forward. Yeah. Keep learning. Mm-hmm. So as we come to the end of our chat today, and before we wrap up, is there any last minute advice or guidance you want to leave with the listeners? You know, something you want to share? Well, as far as advice, I would say like, uh, focus on learning from the best, you know, um, you can do it two ways, right? Like you can, you can be, as I said, in, in an example, um, you can be peeling potatoes at a regular average Joe restaurant, or you can be peeling potatoes at the best restaurant in the in the country or, or in the state um, and at the end of the day you're probably going to learn more from working at the best restaurant so focus on that 
don't don't focus so much and I, and I get it it's sometimes it's hard because you know we have we have things to pay we have responsibilities um in your formative years like don't don't focus so much about like you know making money um focus about like how much can you learn um because that's going to potentially make you more money in the end um take every opportunity as a as a learning experience as a learning you know like in in the case of like working in a restaurant and you feel like you know oh my god i'm getting abused because i'm working 18 hours change your perspective change your perspective think that you know what like this is this is not going to last forever i'm not going to be doing this forever um what can i gain from this so once you switch your your perspective things are going to make um are going to be easier for you and then be patient be patient it takes it takes a lot of passion it takes a lot of commitment um there is there's no substitute for hard work you know like work hard if you really want it keep keep working at it and eventually it's going to happen bringing this back to culinary school now that you know what you know and you have perspective and you've been removed from it from a while you know and all that you went through and the money and the time was it worth it? Would you do it again? Absolutely, in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Um, I don't. I don't think that. Um, I don't want to say that it's it's a requirement to go to culinary school, but I think that culinary school give you the the tools that you need to to make your um, your life in the kitchen or your culinary journey a little bit easier, a little bit easier. And that's. I, I mean, that gaining that little advantage, uh, it's it means a lot. It means a lot. And you went on and got a bachelor's and then a master's do you think associates enough these days do you think you know encourage more education i feel like in a in the culinary world like it's it's very unusual to see something you know past associates or bachelors i'm not in my case like i i value education so i, I knew from the beginning that i wanted to get my master's i think that if you don't want to get your master's that's that's okay but find something to look forward to you know, like, okay, maybe it's not the, the education segment, but like there are, there are, you know, learn how to, um, to do sous vide, maybe, maybe learn how to like go into another aspect, which would be like leadership, um, maybe psychology, you know, because all of these things, you're going to need them in the kitchen. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. They could learn pastry or they could learn, you know, ice carving, something to keep them growing and excited and, you know, in this, this industry. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that is just about all the time we have for this episode, and I want to first thank Luis for coming on the show today and sharing your culinary school story with all of us. We really appreciate your time, your insight, and your honesty. Thank you for inviting me. It's, it's been definitely a pleasure to be here. Okay, great. Thanks, and I really enjoyed our chat, and bye-bye now. Bye. Take care. And a big thanks and appreciation also goes out to all of you, the listeners. We hope you enjoy the show and this episode. You all are a big part of this show, so please let us know what you think. Your comments are always welcome, and they help us in making the best show possible. You can email them to culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. That's culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. Or even leave us a voicemail at area code 207-835-1275. That's area code 207-835-1275. And if you like the show, we have a big ask of all of you. And that is to share the podcast with everyone you know. And to give us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, until our next culinary school story, take care and be well. Bye-bye. Culinary School Stories is a proud member of the Food Media Network.